Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. The Big Lead on The Shift. I don't know if you heard the story about the fabric lady. Uh, they say it was Calgary, um, which I read the most dreadful thread that said, of course, this lady's from Alberta and Alberta is the Texas of uh, Canada. And there was another thread about it's not the Texas argument about it's not the Texas. It's the Arkansas of Canada and the Alabama. Oh, my God. Really? Holy moly. Come on, guys. Yeah, real. Anyway, uh, come to Alberta. If that's what you think, you come to Alberta. You will see differently Um, because I broadcast from here. Uh, These guys are in Vancouver. So this lady, she was not pleased about mask rules at her favorite fabric store. And this is kind of how it played out. Why don't you people educate yourselves? How am I doing? My critic? You're really close. Are you afraid? You I, should run away. I don't like that. But you have you your are. super mask on. I'm trying to protect you. <laughs> I don't need protection from you. Oh, you just touched me. I oh, really wish no, you had. Oh, no, I touched you. You're, I, I'm going to get COVID. No, you're probably going to give it to me. <laughs> are you going to leave? Look at you. Are you going to leave the store? Are you going to leave the store? Okay. Wow. You know, uh, I always try to take positive. I try to take positive. I try. And I don't want to bully and shame the lady. I don't want to, because then all we're doing is exaggerating the same thing. At the same time, holy crap. I find it astounding. (laughs) So I'm going to start the conversation in, um, oh, I touched you. How in the world, even if you wanted to have a discussion without a mask on about masks, how in the world would you ever have that if you are th- this is to the lady i'm not going to i'm not going to try to do the mask thing i'm going to go to the human thing here bear with me cuz i want your thoughts on this can you be more condescending and disrespectful than that lady was especially with the 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 store person with the phone being as kind and 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 patient oh my god how does that happen that lady uh the mask the non-mask lady uh, that is the most disrespectful, condescending behavior of a human. You touched me. Okay, that happens from time to time. But when someone says, don't touch me, you don't touch them. That's a pretty general rule. We should not be going around touching people. There's a few laws on the books that say, mm, not a good idea. 877-399-9898. My question to you is uh, you can go anywhere you want with that. I don't want it to bully the lady because what I don't know is I don't know if she's having a bad day. I don't know if she's having some struggles because of all things COVID. You don't know those things. So I don't want to mock somebody who maybe is sick or somebody who's really sad or anything like that. But at the same time, I have no problem telling anybody, no matter their state, that was disrespectful, that was condescending, and that's flat out not okay. Yeah, and and the strangest thing is like, Anytime that I'd been sort of dragged along to go to uh, Fabricland, um, you know, it's a very chill place. And, the, you know, the kind of people that, you know, shop there, getting their fabrics, getting all their sewing supplies, like it's a, you know, pretty generally chill uh, customer base, right? 
Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but the last time I heard about a riot at a fabric store was weeks ago. Oh, oh, right, right. I mean, yeah, like it's just so bizarre. But, you know, it's maybe it's a kind of a, a sign of just the struggle that folks have with this, right? And maybe she was having a bad day, right? Like I said, we don't want to be disrespectful or anything. Like, I have no problem if someone is adult and an adult, but there's so much going on right now that I, I'm not going to label somebody that I've not spoken to. Um, and I just saw a video of, I mean, technically we're also assuming that that video happened. You know, it was a Reddit post that's been taken down and the store did confirm it, but really all we're believing is a video that was put online and someone added a story to it. So we didn't see it. Right. So, I mean, it is third hand at best. Uh, information, but it's, it's absolutely not okay. The only way, and I'm going to be a smart ass here. The only way that would have been funny is if uh, she walked in without a mask on and she said, Oh, you want me to put a mask on? And she rolled herself up in a bunch of fabric and got it for free because she did it. Now, if you're going to be an ass, that's a great way to be an ass, <laughs> but not to be so condescending. Oh my God. Yeah. Or she could have like sewed herself a mask from materials in the store. <laughs> well, she was good. She could have whipped it up, right? Yeah. Pulled out her pocket sewing machine and got it all done. Watch me. She could be a sewing ninja. All right. Let's go to uh, Surrey. Say hi to Catherine. Hey, Catherine. How are you, buddy? I'm hanging in. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. What are your thoughts about the boundaries here with the lady in the mask? Well, I have the two points. And keep yeah, it we simple, do need to be right? quick here. Okay. Yeah, out quick. it's the boundaries. And then when I grew up, there was a big sign at the top of the stairs on the front door. Take your shoes off. You ain't getting past this door. That's, you know what? That's such a good point, too. Like when you go to someone's house, at least in Canada, maybe not in the States, if, if you take your shoes off at the door to be respectful because that's what they ask you to do. I don't understand it's how it's any different when you're walking into a business, right? Totally. You're going to walk into a business and say, no, I believe in hookworms. So... Uh, I'm going to wear my shoes in your house. Well, then get the hell out of my house. That's what I say. Thanks so much, Catherine. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Catherine. Appreciate it. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. Uh, quickly here, Fabric Lady, call a spade a spade. Bizatch. Uh, fire her as a customer. Thanks, Renee. And uh, Derek says we should heavily fine people for not wearing masks instead of just $100. Uh, yeah, but who's going to enforce that? That's the problem because Derek suggests security guards. You know what? That's the thing about mandatory stuff is you can't say it's mandatory unless you're willing to enforce it. So I do agree there needs to be more consequences at the same time. I don't think the businesses need to pay because the government made decisions like that. So that's a toughie. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Are you okay with mask protests? Uh, at this point, no. Um, and maybe I'm biased just having, just being trapped in the, the news cycle just day in and day out as part of my job. But, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I can't, I can't separate from, from the people that don't want to do it. And I'm not going to tell anybody how to run their life. If they don't want to wear one, then that's your choice. But I'm going to wear one, so don't, don't, don't come at me. Don't come at me. Don't come at me, bro. Don't come at me, bro. Okay, are you okay with mask protests? What's up there, Manaus? Um, yeah, I think I'm on the same line as um Matt. Like we see we see all like the all the experts saying that you should you probably should be wearing a mask and at this point uh I don't know. It's it's 
I think I'm in the same boat with the whole news cycle thing. But yeah, so for me, it's not, I'm not okay with the whole mass protesting. Okay, I'm going to be the square here. I'm going to say I'm okay with mask protests. I'm just not okay with the notion of needing to argue masks. So I'm okay with protests always because people can protest. So I'm okay with protests. If you want to stand up for what you believe in, sure, you go protest. If I agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. It's just the notion of the masks and the anti-mask. That's what gets me. Here's ABC Channel 4's Katie Corrales bringing the story from St. George, Washington. Now hundreds have gathered here in front of the Washington County Administration building calling for the end of a mask mandate, saying they are tired of not living their normal lives. passionate call for action Friday morning in St. George. Several police officers on standby as many locals called concerns about coronavirus spikes overblown. The flu kills more than coronavirus. Others calling the virus a hoax or stating that asymptomatic carriers simply do not exist and they cannot be forced to wear masks anywhere as citizens of the United States. If we want to wear a mask, that's fine. We can take care of ourselves. Some rally attendees say they shouldn't ever wear masks if they have any medical issues or mental health concerns or if they feel they simply can't breathe. When George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe, and then he died, and now we're wearing a mask, and we say, I can't breathe, but we're being forced to wear it anyway. But many stated that they believe in all cases, masks jeopardize kids' health. Parents are demanding they have the right to decide what to do with their children. I'll tell you another reason I'd hate masks. Most child molesters love them. School administrators responding that they don't understand why crowds are protesting them based on a mandate given by the governor. They blocked off the uh, front entrance to the school building and we went out to ask them to move and they uh, attempted to storm the school building. The school board is implementing the governor's recent order that face shields alone are not enough. And if a parent is adamant that their child cannot wear a mask or a shield, they must fill out a form including a doctor's note so the district can review it. In St. George, Katie Kralis, ABC4 News. Just to be clear. <laughs> wow. I, I jaw on the ground. Just to be clear, uh, the first person says, George Floyd said he couldn't breathe and we can't breathe because that is anywhere near the same ballpark of concept. Oh, my God. The second lady said, I'm not wearing masks because pedos love them. <laughs> Whoa. I, I'm not going to even chime in on this one either. <laughs> like, Logic. I was just going to say, well, how Logic. do you know? But like, do you have you met many? But yeah, it's that's, that's oh. that was an hey, odd bit. Well, here, like, here's the thing that amazes me about some of those TV channels and those ENG reporters. Some of those ENG reporters seem to find the strangest people for those interviews, and I don't know how they do it. I really don't. You know, it's like after the tornado goes through, they always find that one person who's still in their pajamas after the tornado. Like, I don't, like, is this, did I miss that class in broadcasting school? The find the person in the pajamas after the tornado class? Or this is what the lady who's going to say pedos like masks look like? Like, I don't know, but that's amazing work they do. Yeah. I mean, and I get it. It's very sound bitey and it's very like, like a, a soundbite like that's very dynamic, but you got to wonder if there was like the more logical stuff left on the cutting room floor. You know what I mean? Well, 
the cutting room floor is actually a great topic for some of the stuff we're going to get in later about that documentary. But I mean, how is, uh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be someone in someone who has a, a, a brain cell in their head that that's sitting there saying, you know, uh, yeah, uh, masks are a good idea and anti-masks are a bad idea. I was just following everybody going for a walk. Like, I want to hear that guy because that, that's the guy that's that's the real dude there. Right. I didn't know where everyone was going. I heard there was an ice cream sale. Like, I like that guy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. Are you okay? Oh, boy. Um, are you okay with a bride finding out her partner was cheating just before the wedding? Are you okay with that? Um. Well, no. I mean, it's... I mean, there's no good time to find that kind of information out, but that is one of the worst times that you can find it out, too. I would uh, challenge you and say it's better than after the wedding. For sure. For sure. I mean, you would dodge a bullet, but... Yeah, right. Okay, so here, here's another article. Uh, this article is a little bit different. Are you okay with finding out from your ex-husband that he cheated with his new wife. So meaning uh, you've divorced, he's with someone new, but you found out that there was overlap. This is a very kind of bold and the beautiful sort of vibe I'm getting here. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen in real life, not just on the soaps, Maddie. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that. I'm still trying to piece together the, the relationships here. Well, okay, the relationship one was an older story about the, the wedding one. And this is a new story that just came out uh, just this month that was a woman finds out uh, from a wedding announcement. Her ex-husband is getting married. So he puts out a wedding announcement, right? And hey, uh, me and my new girl, we're getting married. And they, they sent out the announcement. Well, the ex-wife looks at the announcement and realizes the announcement is way too revealing. So what happens is they say, basically, we've been together for X number of months and da-da-da-da-da. And the wife is going, wait a second. We were married then. Oh, my goodness. You get oh, what no. I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, son. So what happened was, is uh, the, the guy and his new girlfriend, they got married um, August 7th. In their wedding announcement, they said that they had known each other for eight months or something like that. The last eight months have been heavenly. We're getting married without realizing that he hadn't even split from his wife until March. That's how she found out that he cheated. Oh, no. Yeah. Oopsie. Yeah, I think I'm more not okay with the fact that he was dumb enough to do that than the fact that he actually cheated. I think, like, how, how can you be that careless when it comes to something like that? Especially if you're going to announce announce something as that big. You don't you, you don't want to look over, hey, maybe, you know, this was in that time span. Man, come on, dude. Like, how do you miss that? Well, yeah, you're not. Like, you're clearly not thinking of the Im impact of what it is, right? You're just like, yeah, we met back yeah. in January. And then not realizing that, oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot to tell my wife that we were broken up for three months. <laughs> not excusable, by the way, forgetting to tell your partner that we broke up. I mean, although if we look back in our lives when we were younger, 
there's probably a relationship or two that we had that we don't quite remember ever breaking up. Right? We're like, I don't ever remember breaking up with her. Whatever happened there? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I could tell you. We guess we just stopped calling each other. I don't know. Anyway, so the story about the um, the story about the cheating is where we will go with our audio here. And so this bride finds out that her uh, fiance to be husband that day uh, cheated on her. So she reads the cheating text at the altar of the wedding. Here's the audio. Guys, this story is so crazy, and the internet is calling her the real MVP. So basically, this bride, the night before her wedding, she's in the hotel room with her bridesmaids, chill now. She gets a text that says, I wouldn't marry him, would you, from a random number, has all these screenshots with her fiance's number on there, texting another girl who's not her. A lot of messages, I can't read them word for word here with you this morning, but they're along the lines of, I wish you had this, I wish my girlfriend had the skills you do, can't stop thinking about you. Basically, you know, the words of a total cheater who doesn't sound like he's about to get married. So her bridesmaids tell her, call this off, you know, don't marry him. And the bride, she had other plans of her own. So the wedding goes on, she gets to the altar, and she turns to the crowd and says, there will be no wedding today, guys. Reads all of these graphic messages out loud in front of both of their families. The families are horrified. Apparently the groom ran out of the church, the best man chased him. And um, the reception went on, and the family, they celebrated with the daughter for uh, dodging a bullet. So, I mean, I had that story was crazy to me. I had never heard anything like that. Me neither. (laughs) I mean, talk about payback big time. But you know what? It's a good thing that this all happened before they were married. Right. Yep. I mean, he can pick his face up and move on with life, right? (laughs) You know, hopefully he gets married when he's ready to get married. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes, and and good for her for being able to stand up for herself and do that. You know, the best part of that is that her family still had a party. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's bought and paid for. Let's have a dodge the bullet party. (laughs) Are you okay with a man selling his sperm, advertising himself as a Janinus? Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, when you're s- selling your product, I mean, you got to have good product to begin with in that situation. It's a tough day at work. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. All right. Jason Momoa. Uh, Momoa. I'm uh, not as tall or as buff as that guy, but I mean, um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the compliment. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, you got to you got to find a some way to sell your you got to find some way to sell your product. I mean, I guess if he's, I mean, lying would probably cross the line, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it, this, this one's hard for me. So this story came out a couple of years ago. It has recently been updated. Uh, the story of a man from Georgia who claimed he was a genius and handsome, George Clooney-like, and uh, turned out that that wasn't the case at all, and he's got some potentially hereditary mental illness. Uh, this is a report from Alive Eleven's Rebecca Lindstrom uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, then there's a new update on the story we'll get to. A game of basketball helps ease the nerves. It's not every 17-year-old that ends up in the center of a state Supreme Court case. There are times when I just say, "This, I'm sorry, this, is, this has got to be hard. The teen, who we've agreed to call John to protect his privacy, is one of the first kids born using the sperm of donor 9623. Sperm his mom, Wendy Norman, thought belonged to a college graduate with a clean medical history. That's 
dishonesty, that's, you know, bad business. I don't believe that what you do is... Because donor 9623 did not have a college degree. He had been arrested for burglary and been diagnosed bipolar with schizoaffective disorder, a condition that can be hereditary. If you think about mental illness and how it can spiral and get out of control if it's not caught, these are huge, huge consequences. But the courts dismissed the bulk of their case, arguing you can't sue for wrongful birth in Georgia. The term basically means that had the defendant behaved differently, the parents would have aborted the fetus. Norman says the argument doesn't fit in this case. What are you hoping the judges hear tomorrow? I really hope they see and hear and understand the whole concept of accountability. Yeah. Let's be clear, Wendy loves her son. The court case is about changing an industry that allowed the donor to give sperm for more than a decade, leading to at least 36 children, all while using false, potentially life-altering information. Knowledge is power, and knowledge is everything. John used to act out violently, had suicidal thoughts, and even thought about harming others. Therapy has helped him work through that, but he still deals with severe depression every winter. He has started to visit colleges. He's got goals. He's got goals. And, and the, the hard thing is, is the day you walk in when he's depressed and worried, is it happening? And says, this could derail all of my dreams. Whoa. So uh, he had claimed that he was uh, spoke four languages, had an IQ of 160, a doctorate in neuroscience engineering, and a resemblance to Tom Cruise. Uh, but that does go to show what apparently, if you're shopping for the good product, what people are looking for, because he was donor 9623. So when he claimed he was all those things, an awful lot of people showed up and took the product. 36 children now in this even though he lied and then there he's got some health concerns, at least 36 children. It all unraveled in 2014 when the sperm bank accidentally revealed his name and his email address in a message to a group of mothers. And then the Googling began. And can you imagine the surprise when they found him and he was not looking like Tom Cruise and there was a history of other things there. Oh my God. Hmm. I'm going to say, if you're uh, if you're you're selling your swimmers, you got to be accountable to the truth. I mean, I would say the DNA, the, like the proof is in the pudding. You know, like oh, oh man, <laughs> you're, oh man, it's all, it's all there, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, Thank you. I'm here all week. And on that note, <laughs> this is the shift. Oh my god, this is the shift daily podcast. We got a welcome from Spaced Out Radio. Dave Scott is here. Dave, how are you? Shane, good to hear, hear you. Unfortunately, I don't have my microphone hooked up, so we don't have the, the clean feed because I'm redoing our Spaced Out Radio studio here. But I couldn't miss this segment with you, my friend. Oh, thanks very much for doing that. Do you have a piece of good news you can share with us, Dave Scott, since it's Good News Tuesday-ish? It's always good news, man, when we finally hear scientists talking about uh, we may have found aliens on Venus. <laughs> just on Venus or just in general? Are you? Because I, uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion for you, Dave Scott. Uh, you could have ended that sentence with aliens. Uh, you know what? Only I could uh, bring aliens into a good news day. Uh, no, actually, it's, uh, you know, there hasn't been much drama in the paranormal field this week, so... 
we are doing just fine. I think that is probably one of the best ways to to look at it. But everybody in the UFO field right now, uh, throughout the the entire field, is wondering what is going on in Venus with Venus these days because astronomers say they may have found a hint of life within the clouds of the hottest planet that is in our solar system. Really? So they said, now there are clouds there, but there was gas found in the clouds. So how does gas mean all of a sudden there's aliens there? Well, when we talk aliens, we're not talking little gray dudes with big black eyes. Why not? I like those dudes. Well, that's what I want aliens to be. Don't ruin it. That's what I want them to be, man. That's what I want them to be. But unfortunately, okay, it's not alien life. It's almost microbial that they have found something living within the clouds of of Venus. Now, the lady who did this is the professor at Cardiff University. Her name is Jane Greaves, and she is absolutely stunned that their latest studies show that there could be these single-cell organisms that are living within the clouds. Now, Venus's temperature on the planet is way too hot that we suspect for anything to live. However, if you go back, oh, let's go back in time. I wish we had some some Twilight Zone music here to go back in time about 50 years. There was an alleged (laughs) alien from Venus named Valiant Thor who was said to have arrived with a couple of people on a spaceship. And they live allegedly underground in Venus. And he was here to work with the United States government. Way back in the day. What that's all about, I don't know. There are alleged pictures of Valiant Thor. If you Google it, uh, you'll see the black and whites that are around. And he was here for a period of time and then just all of a sudden caught his spaceship and went back. Now, this is going back to the 60s and 70s. However, up until now, the story has not been proven. Many people think it's a hoax or just an animated type theory. But hey, we got aliens in the clouds of Venus. That's kind of cool, though, isn't it? I think it's kind of cool. I mean, it's not cool like Venus, uh, you know, the Roman counterpart of the sex and the fertility and the goddess of love and all that stuff. But I mean, it's cool. Well, you know, the interesting part about it is, is this. All of a sudden, talking about alien life is not a taboo subject anymore, Shane. And for many people who listen to you, listen to me, and listen to all sorts of intriguing radio, watch a lot of sci-fi films, you know, for a long time we've been called weirdos, we've been called, you know, conspiracy theorists and everything. But all of a sudden, over the last couple of years, since those videos came out from the United States Navy, we have been inundated with the talk about whether or not we are alone in our universe. And the fact that we are all of a sudden looking at things, we see the United States government, as we've talked about, you know, talking about whether these these UAPs or unidentified aerial phenomena are actually some sort of alien species if they're not from here. If not, where are they from? Now we have scientists 
who have always kind of poo-pooed the idea that there is life outside of our universe are looking closer at Mars, but they were looking at Venus too, and this has just come right out of the blue. So the fact that they have allegedly, apparently found some sort of microbial life within the clouds, that is a step forward to thinking that there is a stronger possibility that we are not alone in this universe and that people who may not believe what we are going through here better start waking up because I think this is just the tip of the iceberg in learning that there is life on other planets. Is it human? We don't know. Is it little gray dudes with black eyes? I don't know. But we have to now account for the fact that if we are starting to prove that there is microbial life out there, this may mean other water sources. It's very cool. All right, your other story that you sent uh, for us to talk about here, I want to get to that in a second, but I want to present you with a text that I got yesterday. and. Sure. It's a little bit out there, and it's a bit of a surprise. So I'm, I'm. If it's something you're interested in, we talk about it maybe next week. Um, if it's not something you're interested in, that's cool. I have no problem leaving it alone. I've heard the name before. I've heard the story before because it was sort of on the internet. Uh, but someone uh, sent in a text message saying they met John Titor. Now the assertion oh my was gosh. the uh, now a while ago. Now the assertion was the storyline goes that John Titor was. I don't even know. If it's, I think it's Titor. Um, was a time traveler. But yes. the assertion was maybe John Teeter was an alien, not a time traveler. So do you oh. want to go there now or do you want to save that story? Where do you want to oh, go? Oh, I am totally intrigued. And whomever sent that to you, could you please contact me on Twitter on a DM at uh, Spaced Out Radio or on Facebook, one of our Spaced Out Radio pages? I want to hear this story. I, I am just all of a sudden sat up in my chair. Now, quickly, we could talk about this next week, but quickly so your audience uh, isn't left on the hook here. John Teeter was an alleged time traveler who traveled back from 2036. Now, allegedly, back in the early 1990s, when the Internet in 2000, when the Internet was just getting going, there was a bunch of people talking on these sci-fi-type chat rooms. And this gentleman named John Teeter started popping up and, and talking about all of these theories about the future. He then ended up sending Art Bell, the legendary broadcast host of Coast to Coast AM, some information. Now, John has all of a sudden disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to him. He was around for maybe 18 months. Nobody knows whether he is a human, whether this is an entire hoax, whether he was a time traveler, or if this was just an elaborate scheme to try and you know pull the wool over people's eyes. It's an amazing story. Yeah, there's an assertion that there was a, an entertainment lawyer trying to create something like a product that could yes. be marketed too. So, I mean, there are all kinds of conspiracy theories around it. The question that came to me was, is it possible that he was an alien, uh, which would be curious. I thought you'd be interested. Now, I did offer that text or my email address. Um, yeah. So, um, we, you know, I, if I hear, I will also pass that on just in case they don't hear your offer too. Okay, so where are we going next here? What's this uh, story? Because I know nothing about it. Skinwalker Ranch, other than it's a weird place. Okay, Skinwalker Ranch is based in the Uinta Basin that has a lot of weird stuff going on. And about a week ago, I had the opportunity and the amazing thrill 
to interview the new owner of Skinwalker Ranch, a gentleman, a real estate magnate out of Salt Lake City named Brandon Fugel. You know, and the first thing that I learned about Brandon is that he's a multi, multi self-made millionaire and he's younger than me. And that really hurt my feelings that I wasted a bunch of my life, you know, in chasing aliens rather than chasing some money down to go play with aliens. But (laughs) he bought this ranch off a billionaire named Robert Bigelow, who we have talked about on your show before, who had a real keen interest in learning about extraterrestrials and had put together a number of UFO-type teams over the last 30 years. Fugel bought the ranch off of Bigelow about four years ago. And to this day, they continue to have a number of weird, strange occurrences happen. Everything from the legendary skinwalkers. Now, skinwalkers are allegedly uh, First Nations-type people who have uh, medicine men and women who have decided to turn dark. And in return for that, they can shapeshift into any type of creature, morph into anything that they want. And in the meantime, they are immortal. Okay, and they trade their their life as a human for immortality and darkness, and it's a very very scary creature. They believe they have those on the ranch. Everything from cattle mutilations to aliens and UFOs being seen, poltergeist activity. So it got me thinking because this is happening in Utah, and there's a couple of other weird ranches around there. It got me thinking. Why don't we have anything around here like that? Is there anybody who owns a farm or a large piece of property within the Canadian borders that has multi-experiences going on? So because your audience reaches a lot more across Canada than mine does, and you have a much larger platform, I actually wanted to put it out to your audience, especially to the farmers out there, you know, and I realize a lot of farmers are superstitious with their crops and everything like that. But I'm curious to see if we have something like this in Canada that needs to be investigated. Because I am willing to put together a team of researchers and make our way to that farm or to that piece of property where this strangeness is happening to check it out. We should probably offer, too, that uh, you would keep, could you keep that confidential until you had uh, results this way? Because, I mean, there would be land value things for farmers, all kinds of stuff, right? Absolutely, 100%. I don't care where it is in this country. This is a, it would be a private investigation, but I want to check it out. I want to see if we have one of these type of properties in Canada. Now, the closest I have heard to this, okay, was... Uh, okay, we have a lot of First Nations reserves and reservations that have a lot of strange occurrences. I know that the First Nations reservation by me, which is very large in property and size, it goes back thousands of years. There's there's hieroglyphs on the rocks. There's, uh, there's stories of little people in Sasquatch, but mainly they seem to get a lot of ET and UFO type activity. However... I'm curious to know if there's a farmer out there, and we have heard of these cattle mutilations happening in Saskatchewan and in the Manitoba area, but I'm very curious to know if anybody has a lot of strange occurrences going on, UFO sightings, and and things they can't explain. Now, I'm not talking a haunted house here. I'm talking things that are happening almost on a daily basis 
that is really, really pushing the luck. Because if if this Skinwalker Ranch, which I tend to believe is true, and all of the action that is happening down in Utah with this, I'm pretty sure with the hauntings and everything we have going on in Canada that we have our own here too. And darn it, I want to find it. Sounds good. I love it. So you can reach out to Spaced Out Radio. You can reach out here to me on the shift, and we will connect uh, you to Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio. Thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate you uh, still being here, even though it's your night off. Hey, Shane, anytime, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.